Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of August 2012. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see a whole bunch of other sites listed there. These are the official sites. If you find sticking on at the com, try the other sites for download because lots of them are going to the com at the same time. Number two, all those sites carry audios for, for free download and they all carry transcripts in English for print up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, you can go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu and take your pick from the choice offered there. Remember two, you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests and I try to, um, it's very difficult of course because you're, you're bombarded with news all the time. But the thing is I try to stick to the basic facts because there's extraneous news that are just, just all over the place. If you look at history, history is really um, a system. You're watching a system and the progress of a system. A design system too, by the way, it has been for a long time by those at the top who decided an awful long time ago that they'd use science to take over the whole world. And that also meant science of the mind, science of of education, because in the program you through education, of course, is essential. You get that initial programming. And then, of course, media, which you think is all free and independent, takes over and gives you all your thoughts and opinions from then on. So I go through the histories of the big organizations and foundations that run the world. The parallel government, they actually call it that themselves, and Thatcher referred to, it, uh, to that as that as well, because they take ex-prime ministers and presidents to get the job done, the big job, because once they're out of politics, they're not responsible to the public anymore, and they can get all the work really done behind the scenes, and that's why they never retire, if you notice. So I go through the history to show you that you're living through a planned system, an agenda, and it's a very um, intricate agenda. It's, it's all-encompassing because they've covered every basis, basically, across the world. Not just a global agenda with happy, smiling faces, as they always give you, across the sea with the United Nations, but really a scientific system where they're bringing a new, new type of human eventually. We're different already. We're already bioengineered from the last lot. If you haven't noticed, look around you and see all the gender bending and all the rest of it that's going on. That didn't happen by itself, by the way. And, of course, people are far more placid than they'd ever been before as well, when they shouldn't be. And if you go into the, the histories and writings of the big planners who worked in their lifetimes for the global system, who wrote books about it, like Bertrand Russell and Aldous Huxley, both of them said that eventually they could make the public happy and contented in situations where they ought not to be. That's already happened. People don't complain anymore about prices or anything else. They just go along with things and zonk out on television or, or, or get lost on the Internet. And something's happened to them if you haven't noticed. So you're living through a big, big agenda. And as I say, the big boys did write dry, dusty um, old books in your library. And they've left there. I've picked some out over the years 
And only found maybe a couple of people over 30 or 40 years have actually taken these books out to read because they are boring, boring books, but they, but, but they actually tell you the agenda because these guys took part in world meetings where they designed uh, parts of the agenda right down to your cultural changes and um, the social norms would all change what kind of culture you'd have from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s down to the present time and beyond by the way and it's all come to pass because they're not kidding they're not kidding these guys that dry, write the, the dry books they're not kidding we're living under it already for those who don't know and it's also called post-democratic, although they use the term democracy to fool the public, and we're post-consumer and post-other things as well. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're back cutting through the matrix and for those who think we just drift along and crisis developed by themselves and politicians get in on in the act and they, they solve things in some ham-fisted manner but the fact is nothing that happens on a big scale it comes out the blue, it's planned years and years and years in advance every single war they do, or policing action as I like to call them is, it takes many, many years to plan before they do anything at all. And that's the reality of life. We're, we're fooled and conned. Remember propaganda, and I've talked a lot about propaganda. Propaganda isn't to deceive an enemy. Propaganda is to, to deceive their own people, you see, in time of war. And it's always been that way. It always will be that way. So you'll never get truth on why what you think of your, is your government, why they're doing something. It doesn't happen. They don't come out and tell you the truth. That's why they have propaganda, which they call public relations departments, you see. And they give handouts to the media all the time. They're only too happy to put them right in. It saves them writing about peace themselves. So it's all done for them. The Pentagon does it uh, straight out. I've done the articles before where they just hand out these multiple handouts and email them off to the newspapers, and it's put straight in. Same on the weather modification, weather control, and, and even weather denial, uh, modification denial. That's all handed out there too. You're living in an amazing system of deception, and it's planned that way. And many of the big boys, like Brzezinski, talked about it, that eventually people would be unable to think for themselves. They'd, they'd look to the media and especially television to tell them what to think or believe uh, and give them their opinions as well. And he wrote that 40-odd years ago. It was already there back then, mind you. It was working then too. So tonight I'll put a link as well to show you it's from one university. And if you go through them all, of course, you won't spend a thousand lifetimes. But the fact is... This university is from Pennsylvania, of course, and it says Think Tanks and Civil Societies Program. And it's got a list of think tanks in here that just, just astonishes you. And that's not them all, that's only a few. But it shows you what they're up to, um, the top think tanks, the operating budgets, uh, uh, those below $5 millions a year for budget, $5 million, and those above $5 million, expert panels, etc., and how they basically give you everything that you think is real, including your topics to, to argue over and everything else. And um, as I say, it gives you think tanks ranking categories. And as for 2011, it's published in 2012. But it's just astonishing. And this is just to see one university uh, doing this. 
but I'll put this up tonight for those who have an interest in going through dry stuff, dry boring stuff. And some people say to me, why don't you put more feeling into what you're saying? It's such terrible stuff. Well, I've always been like this because, you see, I've always known what's going on. You only get upset if you're if you're just waking up or, or if you still can't bring yourself to believe it. You know, that's why you get upset. And so this is the reality that we live in. So I'll put this up tonight for those, as I say, who are a bit beyond all of that and are into reality, true reality. Part of it, too, as I mentioned before, and the big boys themselves that wrote so much about it and spoke so much about it and even did books about it, some even fictional books, which were awfully good because um, some of them were allowed to do this. Fiction, remember, is called predictive programming for the public. You get lost in a movie or a story or a novel, and, and it gives you ideas, implants ideas in your mind of possibilities. And then when they really happen, you act, uh, you act towards them as, as though they were rather familiar to you, and it must happen. It's progress, they call it. So people like Huxley, Aldous Huxley, wrote Brave New World in the 1930s to do with uh, the controlled society, where they'd be beyond just simply killing off all, all, the, all the old types or the defunct types, the kinds in a post-industrial society. They'd gone beyond that, and they had a, a perfectly balanced society of population control, uh, and no one mated the old-fashioned way uh, for, for, for procreation purposes. Uh, and they're all promiscuous, certainly, but they couldn't have children. That's all done by exogenesis outside the human body. And of course, they, they tampered with the genes and so on. And that was the 1930s, remember, and it was awfully well done. And you can watch the movies. There's two movies out, uh, uh, Brave New World. There's two versions, maybe three, uh, for those who don't want to watch, to read the books. But this is an article here, and it's pretty typical too, and it's from, it's from different articles in the mainstream. They can put stuff in the mainstream today, but people, like I mentioned the other day with uh, Jack's, Jack's Elal talking about the news, the person who wants to get the news, the average, the average Joe who tunes in at 6 o'clock news, uh, never retains it, they don't retain it, it's kind of unreal to them, and they're not getting news at all because it's all authorized stuff they're being told. To, to shape their minds for the controller's purposes. But this one here is about veiled threats by prominent neo-Malthusians. It says, cull the human population or expect a vast die-off, I guess, by, by overpopulation and, and famine and all the rest of it. In a report published last April by the Royal Society, titled People in the Planet, the latest UK-based society calls for massive population reduction and deindustrialization of the West. Well, we're, we're already pretty well deindustrialized. However, drenched in uh, euphemisms, it says uh, the report cannot conceal its ominous undertones. Listed amongst its key recommendations, the report proposes several measures similar to the one put out recently by the MIT, in which a drastic reduction of the population is called for in the name of modeling and predictions. Immediately after the Royal Society released its call for more deaths and megacities, none other than Paul Ehrlich, you know, they'd revive him every so often, weighed in to regurgitate his own eugenics fantasies. The Guardian reported that Ehrlich, who contributed to the report, eagerly endorses its conclusion in regards to redistributing, redistributing the wealth. And they're all commies at the, at the top. At least they, they pretend to be. You must understand the real communists are very elitist. Incredibly elitist. They don't believe that we're all equal at all. They, they have really believed in this, this um, distribution of labour with themselves at the top, uh, doing all the ordering around. You know. 
It says, uh, it says uh, in regards to redistributing the wealth, Ehrlich is quite upfront about his opinion on the matter. Remember, two of the elitists, I should say, um, also funded communism because they thought it would be the best way to manage the population in the world. And there's less freedoms under it. The state guides you along all your paths, right from birth to death. And that's why they thought it would be far better to have a communistic or socialistic system. And the bankers, of course, were all behind it. It's far tidier on their books, you see, very tidy. But it says the Guardian report that Ehrlich, who contributed the report, endorses its conclusion. In, in regards to redistributing the wealth, Ehrlich is quite upfront about his opinion on the matter. They, the population and resources, multiply together. You have to deal with them together with too much consumption amongst the rich and too little amongst the poor. It's a lie, too, because what they really mean by that is the first world countries have to come right down to the bottom and be poor as well. And we're already doing that. Your, your governments have for a long time been taking your tax cash and spraying it on all kinds of things, but including throwing it across the world, supposedly to third world countries, but it goes to where they have their latest general in charge of some country, some third world country, and then they bring all their sweat factories into it. So, so how, how many of your support depends on uh, your lifestyles, early stated. We came up with 1.5 to 2 billion because you can have big active cities and wilderness. If you want a battery chicken world where everyone has minimum space and food, and everyone is kept just about alive, you might be able to support long-term about 4 or 5 billion people, but you already have 7 billion, so we have to humanely and as rapidly as possible move to population shrinkage. That sounds better than killing you off, population shrinkage. It's like a lot of rain and you're just going to get smaller or something. Then Ehrlich plays the harp strings of fear, making more veiled threat uh, death threats. And he says, the question is, can you you go over the top without a disaster? This is like a worldwide plague or a nuclear war between India and Pakistan. If we go on at the pace we are, there's going to be various forms of disaster. Some may be slow-motion disasters, like people getting more and more hungry, or catastrophic disasters, because the more people you have, the greater the chance of some weird virus transferring from animal to human populations. There could be a vast die-off. This is what these guys dream about at night, you know. Some of the conclusions of the Royal Society report says the most developed and the, and the emerging countries must stabilize and then reduce material consumption levels through dramatic improvements in resource use efficiency. That means bureaucracies having it all and private, public private partnerships, big corporations, including reducing waste investment in sustainable resources, technologies and infrastructure and systematically decoupling economic activity from environmental impacts. What the Royal Society terms systematically decoupling economic activity from environmental impact is actually a rephrasing of Agenda 21's plan to gradually deindustrialize the West as well as the creation of megacities in which the bulk of the world's population can be locked up to make them more manageable or what the Royal Society calls the potential for urbanization to reduce material consumption. Now, they had some old documentaries up on YouTube from the BBC and one of them was from even the 50s, I think. And you hear the, the guy then talking, uh, as I show you a little uh, early, air, very early satellite image of the, uh, the, the world. He, showed, he says that uh, we've got to stop, stop this urban sprawl and concentrate the public in the cities. It's an old agenda, you understand. You're living, your whole life long is only part of a small part of a vast agenda. 
Anyway, getting back to this article, it says, in a statement put out by Planet Under Pressure, in the run-up to the 2012 Air Summit, several scientists called for denser cities in order to mitigate worldwide population growth. When in doubt that the United Nations Agenda 21 is not the Mein Kampf of her day, one should consider yet another in-your-face confession from yet another biocratic control freak. According to an MSNBC article, one of the scientists while speaking about human populations worldwide stated, We certainly don't want them strolling about the entire countryside. We want them to save land for nature by living closely together. And uh, I've got the links for that too, the guy said and all that. Insisting the world's population be locked up within the, confound, uh, the confounds of megacities, the elite recognize or realize that the herd is to be properly controlled and walls are needed, thick walls, and the construction of these walls, making the masses go this or that way, will be made easier. And that's where it's all going, folks. Back with more after the spring. We're back cutting into the matrix and talking about the big cull that they want to come. And, of course, they, you can do it slowly, too. Just rising cancer rate tells you something big's going on. And they're not too concerned about the reason, which means they obviously know the reason, which meant they created it, I would imagine. So you're living through a massive agenda. This article goes on to say that the chief scientist, Michael Frakias, uh, involved in Planet Under Pressure, told MSNBC that the answer to population growth is denser cities. Now, remember from the United Nations' own website, they tell you uh, the population growth in every city, every country in the world, every year they come out with it. But they also admit that most of it's from immigration from third world countries to first world countries. If it wasn't for that, we'd be plummeting. In fact, I should say that, that the people who were already there before the mass immigration uh, come in last what, 40 years or so um, are, are dying off. They're not having children because they were awfully good and they, they copied this lifestyle they were told they have. Go after the material goods, don't have children, be promiscuous but don't have children. Don't worry if you do have any problems, the state will take care of it for free. So they have massive immigration coming in because they say that they need, the politicians say that. They've all said that, by the way, even the present ones. They need immigration because the, the original people are not having children, you see. And they want to pay off the national debt, they say. It says if cities can develop in height rather than width, that would be much more preferable and environmentally not as harmful. People who know, know anything about history know that the creation of mega cities in which the masses may be rounded up and closed is identical to the Nazi principle of the ghetto. I'd say it's also actually more identical to the Russian Soviet system, the Bolshevik system, where they actually boasted, Lenin boasted, and, uh, and so the rest of them, they were killing off an entire class of people, which they did. And um, not just the middle classes and intelligentsia, but they killed off the, pretty well the whole farming class, even tiny small farmers. Anyway, it says that some of the organizers of Planet Under Pressure are founding their, their, their plea on the notion. And by the way, China is the same way. As the communist systems are always the same. They're all on board with this big, big city thing and very few folk living on the, the land, just enough to feed them, you see. So it's the same system. And who's backing it up? Well, the big international banking boys, because they funded communism in the first place. 
So Planet Pressure are founding their plea on the notion that we as humanity have entered the Anthropocene, a new geological era in which humans, not natural conditions, are the main drivers of geological and meteorological processes. Setting a website devoted to this concept, Martin Rees of the Royal Society stated at the conference, This century is special in the Earth's history. It's the first when one species, which is ours, has the planet's future in its hands. It says, we've invented a new geological era, the Anthropocene, he stated. It echoes another scientist, a professor at the University of Colorado, who in recent times also mentioned this new era in relation to a call for population control when he stated, scientists now speak of humanity's increased demands and impacts on the globe as ushering in a new geological epoch, the Anthropocene. Such self, uh, selfish and destructive appropriation of the resources of the earth can only be described as interspecies genocide. And it's fantastic too when you see all, all these guys belong to these big think tanks. They're funded by the big international corporations. They're the guys that are ripping up the planet. So you've got to start wondering about things, you see. The fact is, you see, they'll use any excuse they can to cull off what they now see as an obsolete part of humanity in a a post-industrial society. This is in addition, the professor said that ending human population growth is almost certainly a necessity, a condition for preventing catastrophic global climate change. Well, they'll use that as they spray as like bugs at the bottom every day from the skies, and they have been for years. So they've got all these different articles in it. It's all our fault, you see. It's too much of you. Not them, but too much of you, you see. And um, it says to the report also stressed that education should entirely be brought under control of the United Nations in order to meet previously agreed goals for universal education. And that's what the whole point of UNESCO and, and so on is. Policymakers in countries with low school attendance need to work with international funders and organizations such as UNESCO, UNFPA, UNICEF and the IMF World Bank and Education for All. Financial and non-financial barriers must be overcome to achieve high-quality primary and secondary education for all the world's young, ensuring equal opportunities for girls and boys. What they really mean by that is the same indoctrination and all the stuff I've just been reading so that they'll all believe it, you see. That's what it's, that's what it's for. Education has always been for propaganda purposes. And it says in 2004... The emeritus professor of physics at California State University, Robert Dittman, said that all policies related to Agenda 21 should be pursued with the aim of worldwide population reduction and population control. The big die-off, the professor eagerly added, has already begun. In his presentation, Sustainable Development, the New International Scientific Order and UN Reform, Dittman gives his own definition of the term sustainable development, economic and other development that leads to reduction in population towards an optimum level for maximization of the quality of life. That is, environmentally benign development that reduces the birth rate, Dittman explains on page 14 of his lecture notes. Furthermore, Emeritus Professor writes bluntly that capitals by Dittman uh, uh, the big die-off has already begun, and it's page 17. In order to facilitate such a massive die-off, the professor proposes on page 18, global governance to make sure the directives will be universally applied. And most people will listen to this and not believe it, because they, they would believe that their favorite comedians on television, or whatever it happens to be, will come out and tell them, oh, wake up, be very alarmed. And of course that won't happen, but they do look to the media to to think for them, like Brzezinski says, to do their reasoning for them. That's why they can print the stuff openly too. 
They're very blatant, you know, and they mean business. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix and I'm talking about the reality of the world. Most folk don't like reality. Some try to escape into the past and say we can get America back or something like that. And in reality, uh, this agenda is going on whether you like to think you can get America back or not. I mean, it's been going on long before you were born, in fact, long before you were born. Because eugenics is a very old, old idea. And uh, even at the beginning of the 20th century, the U.S. was leading the world uh, with the, this Better Families program, where they gave awards to people that they thought had the best, you know, skull shapes, and they measured their nose to their ears and all that kind of stuff. And of course, they have to be fairly wealthy too, because you see, they claim that you have a poverty gene, and they have to get rid of all those with the poverty gene. I'm not kidding about this. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. So, getting back to this article here. And it says that, um, it says, in order to facilitate such a massive die-off, the professor Dittman pr- proposes that global governance to make sure the directives will be universally applied. Since this is a global effort, it requires global organization, both governmental and popular, he writes. Dittman's specific remark concerning the big die-off echoes Paul Ehrlich in response to the Royal Society's report. Veiled threats from the most vicious of neo-eugenicists the world has ever known. I don't have to remind readers that all this talk of death and mass death is becoming more common every day, and it certainly is. But most folks switch off to it as getting back to the propaganda by Jack C. Lowell, how it works on the public. Anyway, getting, it says, only recently I highlighted the case of University College's emeritus professor, John Gilbod, patron of the UK-based Population Matters, who depicted, amongst other things, a machine gun, a hospital bed, and a knife dripping with blood as examples of natural population control as opposed to artificial methods such as contraception and family planning. And I'd also add into it, as you know, estrogens that you're eating and it's all all your food and all the rest of it that turn you sterile. And never mind all the inoculations you get that help, help that along the path as well. And Dittman also called in 2004 a presentation in his notes, he also called for a new international scientific order to make sure the entire scientific community is armed and ready to implement worldwide population reduction. Not only do do people require organization about their multiple identities, including professional, scholarly and scientific, they need international, even supranational affiliation facing a common adversary. Now, these are articles that you have been programmed that only come out of the mouths of guys in uniforms screaming at microphones from old black and white documentaries. And these are coming from scientists today, and they're all over the place, folks. But you don't react to them, and I know why you don't react to them. But anyway, it says that this common adversary remark is completely in the spirit of the Club of Rome in its 1993, the first global revolution, in which the authors state, 
in searching, actually was, I thought it was in the 70s too, in searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water uh, shortages, uh, famine and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. And remember what it says at the beginning, that's the important part, in searching for a new enemy to unite us. We came up with the idea, idea, folks, that pollution, global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. So, you see, that they were given the task by the United Nations and the big elite boys, the big foundations, to, to find a way to unite the planet into this agenda, so it would seem more, more real to them. And um, it says, to illustrate the case of Professor Robert Ditzman, we're not dealing with some isolated mad scientist in a cellar lab. His own resume will suffice. He served on the executive board of the World Federation of Scientific Workers, in which he has been active since 1967, and has represented the WFSW at the United Nations. He presides over the U.S. affiliate of the WFSW, the U.S. Federation of Scholars and Scientists, founded in 1937 as the American Association of Scientific Workers. He's been an old communist organization, which is also affiliated with the American Association for the Advancement of Science. He's also served as chair of the Southern California Federal Federation of Scientists on the National Council of the Federation of American Scientists, as well as on the executive board of the Pacific Division of the AAAS. He's extensively international contracts and experience, including working with UNESCO. So I've gone through all the history of UNESCO, too, with uh, Julian Huxley, uh, his brother, and his big speeches that he gave and through his own, his own books as well, quite fascinating because he was all on board with this back then. But most folk will never believe it because you see, the, 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 you can't believe something if you're watching television. You can't do it. You can't watch horrible, horrific stuff happening and then tune in to happy commercials about silly things like toothbrushes. They're all smelling, having orgasms over this new toothbrush. And then you watch a comedy. And plus, you see, you have been trained, trained to always, uh, to, to turn away from the negative thing, things that make you feel unpleasant and unhappy. You've been trained, and the big boys talked about this too, like Russell, he says, we'll train the public, uh, to, to, uh, always seek pleasure and happiness and, and, and always negate and, and stay, shy away from, uh, the, the, the realistic stuff stuff that really matters, and so that's happened. So your your ability for survival has already been damaged, if, if not eliminated altogether with most folk. I'll put this article up tonight at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com for those who want to read all the rest of it. There's a lot of links there too. And it's factual, and most folk won't want to. They, they will go and vote for some new prune that they'll put up for you to vote for, hoping, because people live in hope, you see, not not realism. In reality, they live in hope that some guy is going to have a, a brain tumor or something and become a nice guy in politics. They're all put in by the same organization that runs the world, the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, which belongs to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, as does the Royal Society and a whole bunch of other things. And they also set up the United Nations, by the way. And tonight, too, I want to put up some links on, so I remember there were two, about geoengineering from the government and um, one of them here is to do with um, unilateral geoengineering and it was a, 
a workshop they had at the Council on Foreign Relations. Again, the guys around the world and run all the media and top scientists are members and even have actors in it now too because you, you all follow celebrities because you can't think straight. And so they get actors on board as well. And it says, uh, this is 2008, and it's a summary of the need to reject the light reflecting particles into the stratosphere. Now, they were doing it constantly since 1998, but uh, they're still putting this stuff out to the lower level members just to, to, to again, it's, it's, it's a form of psychic driving. The more you see these articles, you more think it's real, and they won't have to tell you, oh, by the way, we've already been doing it since 1998 anyway. This is meant to think that they might go and do it. They're maybe going to do it. These last few days I've watched them spraying us like bugs up here where I live. There was actually two weeks of blue sky. Blue sky like we used to get before 1998 came along. And it brought back some memories that too. Most people won't remember, but they actually had blue, real blue skies. Not this fuzzy whitish stuff that they do from all their spray. And I also put up two... Another one to do with um, weather modification activities reports, and it's from NOAA, you know, and uh, and it's the official site and all the rest of it, and it's got the CFR citation at the end of it as well, because they're into everything. But it's got initial report on weather modification activities, weather modification uh, interim and final report as well. I'll put that. There's also two PDFs on that one itself. That goes into a few things. They just touch on it, and uh, and also geo- geoengineering parts one, two, and three. The hearing before the committee on science, technology, House of Representatives, and it goes through a whole bunch of stuff on geoengineering as well. For those who think it's all pie in the sky, and um, whatever they're doing, it must be for our own good, obviously. Even though they fudge all the figures and all the rest of it. You understand weather has never been static. Like you don't hit a particular date and you're in spring. That's only in the calendar. It doesn't happen in reality. You don't always have a, a wet summer or a dry summer. It happens once in a while. And that's how things actually work. So folk have no memory anymore because they don't live outside and they don't look up at all. And they live in a controlled environment from their houses to their cars to their office or to the, to the mall. And they, they don't really have anything to go by, by their own memory. That's why it's so easy to con and fool the public. Um, as China's expanding, so are its gangsters moving out and also getting kicked out of countries now. Angola has extradited 37 Chinese nationals accused of uh, execution, kidnappings, armed robberies and running prostitution rings. They target other Chinese kidnapping businessmen for ransom and sometimes burying their victims alive. They lured women in Angola, promising well-paid jobs, but then forced them into prostitution. Chinese police said tens of thousands of Chinese live in Angola, and Chinese state-run firms have the large interests in the country. The China's Ministry of Public Security said a special police team was sent to Angola in July to help investigate criminal gangs. So, as the minister said, the officers had helped their Angola counterparts break up 12 gangs and free 14 victims, most of them, whom were thought to be women forced to work as prostitutes. And 37 suspects arrives at Beijing airport in handcuffs and so on, and balaclavas covering their faces. So they'll be for the chop. That's how they do it over there. Because the only organized crime you can have is the government, you see. Same everywhere else. And this one here is on ecosystems. 
C-G-I-A-R it's called, like cigar, like almost, almost like a cigar. Research program on water, land and ecosystems will be holding an official launch event at Stockholm Water Week on Tuesday, August 28th at 5.30. This event will be an informal opportunity to socialize and learn more about the program. In addition, you can learn more about the program through talking to the director, etc. The research program is on water, land, and ecosystems, one of Seager's most ambitious research programs to date. It's a 10-year commitment to bring about a radical transformation in the way land, water, and natural systems are managed. It's one of the largest programs with 14 partners, including FAO, and being led by the International Water Management Institute. I'll repeat that, the International Water Management Institute, for those who didn't hear it very well, which has just been named this year's Stockholm Water Prize Laureate. Love giving prizes to each other because they're the biggest boys out there that are backed by all the top ones, you see, all their own people. And so a list of different directors, etc., 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 and they're tied in with uh, other organizations too, as I say, that one to do with um, uh, the International Water Management Institute. They're also having a big uh, festival this year as well to get used to the idea. Australians, of course, that, that um, are really getting hammered now with free trade and, and uh, even when, when the, the, the ex-treasurer came out there last week and said that uh, a company should just leave the, leave the country now if they want to make a profit, they'll never make it in Australia. Now, so he's advised all the businesses to pack up and move. They get all late. We had it a while ago, of course, because we signed the World Trade Organization's treaties and uh, the GATT treaty and all the rest of it. But now, of course, the same thing's happening there too. It says laws passed today show allow the authorities to collect and keep Australians' internet records, including web browsing history, social media activity, and emails. Also, by the way, it does all their medical stuff as well. So they have that, and they can also hand it off to private companies. So the laws will allow Australia to accede to the Council of Europe's Convention on Cybercrime, which has 34 members. Cybercrime means they've got to watch all of you, you see. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful when you're at the top and you can just use, you know, uh, neurolinguistics to con the public until they can't really f- figure it out? Is, is that really what I think it is? Or, you know, but that's how life really is, folks. And Britain too, you never got mosquitoes in Britain, but of course they bred them there because the old Portland Down Laboratory was specializing in viral and bacterial warfare, as Canada was. Canada actually leads the world in it. And they actually took some of the big, we call them bomber mosquitoes from Ontario. These ones were specially bred in a lab further south of me, even from World War II on to the present time. And these, the bigger the mosquito you see, the more you can load it up with more viruses, more uh, bacteria for a loading dose. To get infected, you've got to get a loading dose. So the bigger the loading dose, the better. So we also sent them over to Britain and, of course, Portland Downs. But you never got mosquitoes in, in Britain. You just didn't get it. And this article was kind of funny because it says, Britain's washout summer brings a plague of mosquitoes and fleas to the U.K., and uh, even it says, well, they're mozzies, like mozzies, like, you know, the nickname that you use in countries that you normally get them, as though they'd always had them in Britain. And I guess people now would probably think they did always have them. But they've no, you understand, if you're bringing down the population, there's no better vector than spreading disease by biting insects. Once it go, they've got little needles, just like a, just like a little needle and uh, the proboscis, and it sticks right through into the, the, the vein or an artery, or arterial, and it'll, get the stuff right in there. It's wonderful for spreading disease. And they're going to use it down the road, you know, if not already. 
And another one too is called Integrating Federal Research on Global Change and Climate Change. And it says the U.S. Global Change Research Program National Coordination Office. Do you understand you have so many thousands of these organizations working 24 hours a day and they've been working for years and years and years to bring in their big system. And you go and vote for a guy that's sold to you by the television. Like you're selling a product when you sell a president, you see. And you think they're going to change anything. They're all on board with it. That's why they put them in. So Global Change Research Program and National Coordination Office works to support the various programs and initiatives for the USGCRP through a team of dedicated professionals who are awfully highly paid with expertise in administration, coordination, planning, writing, and climate and environmental policy. I'll put this up tonight. It's got the USGCRP NCO staff, for those who didn't know about it. And it's got all their names here, a whole bunch of them, and what they're up to and all the rest of it. There's just so much, you just can't keep it. There's thousands of them, remember. The world's not run by peoples and democracies voting. I hope you realize, I hope you're getting the message. Now the TSA, of course, uh, whether whether groping, etc., had to come to this. The TSA frisks uh, are the groom children to cooperate with sexual predators, abuse experts says. Expert in the fight against sexual abuses for children is raising the alarm about a technique the TSC is reportedly using to get children to cooperate with the airport pat-downs, calling it a game. Ken uh, Wooden, founder of Child Lures Prevention, says the TSC's recommendations that children be told the pat-down is a game is potentially putting children in danger. Telling a child that they're engaged in a game is one of the most common ways that sexual predators use to convince children to engage in inappropriate contact, Wooden told the raw story. They don't have to be uh, have the sophistication to distinguish between a pat-down carried out by an airport security officer and an assault by a sexual predator. The TSA policy could desensitize children to inappropriate touch and ultimately make it easier for sexual offenders to prey on our children, wouldn't added. So I think it's all intentional. Of course it is. It's training them that, that's, you know, um, you're only a, a minute eye in the great big scheme of things. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and my satellite feed just went out there, but that's okay, I can keep going. And this article here, uh, is, I'm reading right now, is about the TSA part downs. Now listen, as I say, they're told to tell the children that they're playing games. It's just a game, children. Do you understand that's how the elite talk to you as well? It's just a game, children, you know. And it says, addressing the controversy over pat-downs of children last month, TSA Regional Security Director James Marchand told the press the TSA was working on new practices to make children more comfortable during pat-down processes. This should be conditioned that you're helpless, you see. You try to make it as best as you can for that child to come through. If you can come up with some kind of game to play with a child, it makes it a lot easier, says Marchand. Well, that's, just, that's how they do it with us. It makes it a lot easier. It's just a game, you know. That's, how, that's what the media does to you. It's a game. Wooden, who's testified before Congress on child safety issues on numerous occasions, says he was told by a TSA agent that the practice has been used. Of course it's used. So that's training the children, and um, and they'll grow up uh, thinking it's all quite normal. And actually, the, the time they grow up, it probably will be normal even amongst themselves, because now you have 
uh, just orgies everywhere. I mean, this is even uh, the royalties all into it, as you saw last week. But, I mean, that's the new normal, isn't it? Destruction of family unit. Your body doesn't belong just to you, and you must share it with others. You see, they've got all worked out at the top. And uh, so there'll be no hassle in the future as we go through, as the old ones die off, the old types die off. Mark 5 or 6 is going to die off. Mark 7 will take over, you see. And that's really how it's done. Also tonight, too, I want to put up the, the history of DHS ammunition purchases. And uh, this is a good one because this site's got, got it really all listed here. Uh, going back over the last few years, the biggest purchases has been since Obama's been in over, well over 50% more uh, of, of since he's been in office. But it doesn't mean he's doing it because he's just a little front man, too. But um, it's, it's just fantastic the, the kind of ammo they're buying in because, you see, they know, like, that the, the, this, this big trouble's down the road as you refuse to to give up your, your, your tap water and to, to an international agency and you're forced into austerity and maybe even rationing. They really, really want to bring rationing in because they've actually said that if you could only get into the rationing like World War II, people would understand it's a kind of war situation. We've got a big thing to fight and and would all accept poverty and, and obedience to the government. So it's all working pretty, pretty good, you know. Also, too, as an old article, it was done in 97, 98, I mentioned before, and it says global warming is too serious to be left to the politicians, for those who don't believe it's happening. Uh, here with a scientific solution to the problem, if there is a problem, and that is basically a sunscreen for planet Earth, a sunscreen for planet Earth. They were talking about that way back, and um, they talked about all the different stuff, particles they put in the air. Mind you, this stuff, too, that's supposed to reflect light back out. You see, like, tiny little mirrors. Uh, it's not as accurate as they say. It also traps the, the, the heat that comes from to the earth and reflects back out, and it goes back and forth like a, like a, like a, a tennis ball between the earth and all these particles, and the heat builds up as those who have got a brain still functioning as noticed even in the last few days, for instance. But they're doing it anyway. So, and, they, and they know also as well, that because that, that, they've got constant records, constant updates on all the medical problems daily across the world with the Internet and so on, and medical files. They know the kill-off rate too from different people who can't tolerate as, as well as others. You'll all get sick with it eventually, but um, certain ones will get sicker quicker. And that's the real world, folks. That's the real world. But don't worry. Go vote. Go, go vote and, and get played again like a sucker. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>